You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Fresh for your ears. Tell everybody. It's the new podcast from the producers of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Produced and hosted by Donnie Betts of No Credits Production comes The Eclectic. Interviews with difference makers, artists, authors, bold thinkers, people we love who get stuff done. Now, when I first started in theater in Denver, it was with a group called the Denver Black Arts Company, founded by John McCallum. We had one of the original members of the company I was introduced to and had a chance to work with many, many great artists including John and James McCallum, their sisters Carol and Cheryl McCallum. Now, we used to always used to say, Cheryl, well, that's the little sister with the big boys, right? Now, the eclectic had a chance recently to spend some time with the little sister with the big boys, who's now in a very, always has been an amazing human being. Next up on the eclectic is Cheryl McCallum. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm just so, you know, every time someone mentions Denver Black Arts Company, A, it takes me just way back as, yes. as a kid. And then it just puts this big smile on my face. Oh, I love that. Well, Cheryl, you know, we always like to start our interviews out this same way, you know. Share with us your your full name, your mama's name, and your mama's mama's name, and also, of course, your father as well, too. And then... Tell us where you spent your childhood. As we know, it's Denver, but this is where I like to start my, uh, my uh, podcast. Great. Yes. All right. My name, my full name is Cheryl Renee McCallum. My mother's name is Willie Helen Carol McCallum. My, my grandmother's name, her mother's name is Mary Carol Black. Mary Black Carol. Yes. Beautiful. Um, so it's Mary Black Carol. And my, just to say, my father's name was John Edward McCallum. His mother's name was Marianne Anderson. Nice, nice. Thank you so much Wasn't for Marianne? sharing Jackie that. Jackie Ann Anderson, yeah. Okay. I got to okay. make sure I get it right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure I'll be corrected by my sister. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's talk about you. Um, you know, you spent your childhood in, in Denver, and you attended South High School, am I correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. When did you first start singing? And then when did you first um, start thinking about it as a profession? I first started singing. You know, uh, my mother was a musician. My father sang at 
church. So my good old St. Luke CME church, uh, <laughs> two blocks from where, so like a couple of blocks from where I grew up. And that's where, you know, you start singing. Well, actually, at in, in the home, because there was always music around. Mm-hmm. Um, just growing up, we didn't have... There, there was never not any kind of music. My mother played the piano. My father sang. My brothers, you know, with their bands and everything, there was not ever a time when there was no music. Uh, so at the house, we we sang. I just always remember singing. To me, it was something that everybody did uh, until we would go to Texas and you know, mom would say, now go sing something over there. And then now that we hear our cousins would get mad, here they come singing again. <laughs> we, they can't sing. <laughs> Until I found out that everybody didn't sing. Oh, okay. You <laughs> thought everybody sang, right? All, exactly. It was something that we, we just always, always did. Um, <laughs> so just growing up, it was just, it was something that, our family did at church. We did, um, you know, so it was nothing new. I didn't have a particular, I didn't think my voice was extraordinary. It was just, you know, it was good. Um, and then in the choirs growing up, you know, in, in school, I didn't make the concert choirs. I didn't read music. So, you know, I wasn't in the concert choirs and all of that, but if they had, you know, the gospel choir, you can sing there, uh, and that's probably for many reasons, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it was just something that I did nice. and that nice. most people did. I didn't think about it. I always knew I wanted to sing and I really wanted to sing opera cause that was my voice type then mm. not knowing that people go to school to learn to sing, you know, operatic and the languages and all that kind of thing. I'm like, well, I sing high, so <laughs> I want to be an opera singer. Yes. And I loved Leontine Price. Mm. But uh, again, not knowing what went into into that. It's just something that I, I had. Right. And you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go sing at the Met. Well, no, no, honey, people go to school for that. <laughs> but I didn't really take it personally or really pursue it professionally. You know, I was just always, always singing. was in some gospel groups here in Denver back in the day when they used to have, you know, a lot of gospel groups and we get together on a Sunday and go to this program and that program. But it was just so enjoyable. And, you know, it was a time of fellowship and then you get to hear other singers and support them. But I didn't really pursue it fully. Even when I went to college, I, no. I, I didn't even think about it. And again, I didn't take music classes. I went to Texas Southern. So even there, I didn't pursue it as all. They had a gospel choir at the, at, in college. So that's, I sang with them. And of course in church uh, where I went, but yeah. I didn't really pursue it until I came back. And this show, well, the Wiz came through Denver. Okay. And uh, my brother, oldest brother, John, was, I want to say he was working somehow in it. He wasn't in the production. I want to say he was either a stage manager or something. And so I heard this gentleman, uh, Kamal Scott, 
Oh, my goodness. He mm. had the blend of the voices that I want. This amazing tenor voice could sing, you know, uh, the musical theater that that uh, the Wiz required. But then when he went up into his upper registers. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's that's the voice. That's what I want to sound like. That's what I want to get to, because it was a perfect blend of of everything. It was jazzy. It was pop. It was R&B. And then, like I said, when he went up, baby, he had it was just so astounding. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So then John moved to New York. Um, My oldest brother, John, moved to New York. And then I went I would go visit him. And then he knew Kamal, of course, working with the production. So I would take voice classes okay. Uh, okay. from Kamal. And John started working with him as well, uh, you know, uh, doing some music arrangements and things like that. So uh, they had a very good relationship. So when I would go visit John, I would take classes from Kamal. If I went for a week, I'd try to take two or three classes and then come back to Denver. So I decided to move to New York to try to pursue singing. And my I went with a job, my company here in Denver. I asked if they had they were based out of New York. So I asked if they had, you know, some work there. And they said yes. So thankfully, I went with a job uh, that now I'm saying, oh, yeah, that was a good thing. Most people do not. Or I don't know. But I did. So I went um, with my job on Wall Street. I was working there. And still started to take voice classes with Kamal. And this is when I realized, I'm like, oh, oh, I need to learn a language. Oh, I just can't go and just walk in at the Met. Okay. (laughs) Well, that just ruined my world. Uh, But then being with John, again, he always tried to get me on stage, even, you know, here in Denver at the uh, Denver Black Arts Company. So you had said one time earlier that we had spoken that you really didn't want to be in theater, you just wanted to no. sing. Yeah, let's, let's that talk about that. Yeah, that was it. I was always, you know, whenever John had a production, I would sing with the band. Uh, the Hobbit, there was a few before that, but The Hobbit is really the one in my my biggest memory. I just loved that show. Yeah, so he would he would try to get me on stage. I'm like, nope. I thought actors were the craziest people in the world. <laughs> they would come in and just be so over the top, and then you have to circle hands and you know, before the show and all of that, I'm like, what? These people are nuts. No, they're just, and it just, it just, just was something I just, no, it just did not appeal to me. I'm like, let me just sit right here. Just tell me the part I'm singing. And that was, that was wonderful. Mm, mm. And then there was this one time where someone, one of the performers got sick and she couldn't, uh, she couldn't perform. And John said, Cheryl, you have to go and, and sing this song. I'm like, no, no, uh-uh. no, I don't I don't want to. And basically said, you kind of have no choice. You're the only one that can sing it. So you have to sing it. Oh, my gosh. I just I did not like it at mm. all at all. I'm like, no, please don't make me. But um he did. <laughs> and once I got, you know, I finished the song and then I still came off stage and I'm like, I no, don't make me do that again. Do not make me do that again. Uh, but that was that was kind of my first time on stage. And uh, 
you know, and everyone else seemed to enjoy it. But I'm like, no, just put me back in the band. Yes, yes. That's where I want to be. You know, slowly I started to relent. Yes. <laughs> and then I started to enjoy it more mm. and more. Um, still not pursuing it professionally. Okay. It wasn't honestly until after my brother passed away that it was something that came to me. It actually chose me. I didn't choose it. Okay. I, okay. you know, metaphysical, whatever it is, I don't know, but it chose me. And then I started taking it very seriously. And then, you know, going to classes and, and, you know, nothing professionally. I didn't go to school yes. and all of that, but I started to train, but it was something still, I'm, I'm just surprised as anyone else. Uh, <laughs> I started to get hired more and I'm like, well, I think I can do this. And then I, I quit my, quit my job. And, and you were, you were and, working on wall street, correct? I was working wall street. Then I started working for this shipping company, uh, both in New York. And you know, when the job starts to get in the way of, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. of your rehearsals, yes. it's like, Hmm, Okay, Cheryl, you're coming later and later to work every morning because of your rehearsal last night. So, and then I really started to think about it. So I, I quit my job and uh, started willing to, really started to pursue um, the acting phase of it more and more. And, and that's when I started to do theater. And it's been, you know, ups and downs, of course, as as all of us know, but yes, yes. then you start to learn about, oh, I can be in New York and, and go and act in Florida. Oh, because everyone comes to New York to audition. Aha. So starting to know how it works. Okay. And from there, uh, that's how I wound up in Lion King uh, through years. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's not throw that out. So let's talk about how, yeah. did, how this all happened. You were in production of Lion King for quite a number of years. Let's talk about how that all evolved. You could, it was, that was a process as well, too. Yes, it was a process. And um, again, just through knowing how the industry works, I was basically just doing regional theater, uh, which was wonderful to me. I was traveling on somebody else's dime, being able to visit different places, have someone else hire you to come out there and um, and perform. So I was working a lot uh, in these in these wonderful regional theaters and Lion King was holding auditions. And so my agent called and got me an audition with Lion King. And this is when Julie Taymor was still auditioning. So so you go in and meet with the casting director and then Julie will come in um, on your on your callback. And so the first time I auditioned, I didn't get it, which is, you know, it, it's a normal phase. But it's like, man, that would have been good. OK, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you, you continue to work. So I auditioned and I didn't get it. But I was then my agent called and had something in Florida. Okay. So I kept going back to another place in Florida to work. So maybe three months later, she called and said, now Lion King is wants me to audition again, but I had to take this workshop. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense. <laughs> I've already auditioned for the show. If Julie Tamer tells me, no, that's fine. I don't think I need to do a workshop. No, I'm not going to, no, tell them, tell them no. 
<laughs> but in the meantime, I had a job. Right, so right. I would go off to wherever it was, finish up, come back. And I think they offered the course maybe every few months or something like that, or every four or five months. Anyway, came back to New York, started working again. Then I think I went someplace else. They offered the class again. I'm like, oh, I'll miss it this time because I'm working fine. And then I came back to New York and the agent called again. She said, Cheryl, they want you to come and take the workshop. And they, you know, it's, it, they pay for it. I'm like, oh, well, you didn't say that the first time. <laughs> so I wasn't working. That's the information that so you I, needed, right? Exactly. You bear in the lead. So I didn't have a job, but I was in town for this, for the workshop and still would get paid. I'm like, well, yes. So I took the workshop. And it was it was a little odd because they didn't really teach you much from the show, if anything. But they just taught you about African language you would speak in the show. So Zulu, Sutu, uh, Osa, uh, Swahili, and just how to make the sounds. Mm-hmm. Nothing really from the show, which was interesting. And uh, again, it could be just saying something into existence. But I said, this is getting on my nerves. If I take this class, I'm going to get in this show, you know, (laughs) just being whatever. But it was, it was an interesting class. Mm. And so the class was over. I got hired again to go out to another part of Florida. And then my agent calls me. She says, Cheryl, how tall are you? I'm five, two and a half. She says, I'll call you back. And so she called me back probably the next day. She says, Lion King wants you to come in and replace someone who got injured. And the thing was, they asked me how tall I was because they didn't want to build a new costume. (laughs) I had to fit her costume. Yes. And I think she was shorter than me, but they always leave some room for allowance. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be a two week contract. And she said, well, do you want to, do you want the contract? I'm like, yes. Two weeks to say I still have a Broadway credit. Yes. Yes. I'll take it. And so I just, it wasn't, I didn't have to re-audition. This was, I guess, from the workshop of what they saw of me previously, came in, rehearsed for the show, went in in 10 days. And those two weeks then turned into three months because she had to take a little more time. So it was, it was great. A lot of the original cast was still there. So I got to work with, you know, the Heather Hetleys, Jason Rays, um, a lot of the original company members. Gotcha. It was just awesome. Just the most amazing thing ever. And <laughs> said, you know, to myself, Cheryl, do not be the one to mess up. Don't you go the <laughs> wrong way. Don't be the one that says, oh, she must be new. Right, right. Uh, but it was it was a wonderful experience. And so after those three months, uh, that was fine. Then again, I would I would go off to work someplace else. Agent called me again. Cheryl, someone else is going on vacation. Do you want to come in to Lion King? And it was a different track this time for a vacation. Six weeks. I'm like, sure. And then she decided she went off to do another show. So I was going to replace her while she did this other show. But she decided not to come back. Thirteen years later. <laughs> that was <a> good <laughs> So, yes, it was a beautiful experience. I got to understudy Rafiki and go on several times. So it just, you know, that was that was a fabulous experience. And then I I came back home because my mother was ill and my sister needed some help taking care of her. So that was my time 
at Lion King and then back to Denver. And come right in and you got to work. A lot of things at Denver Center Theater Company, Curious Theater. Um, doing some fabulous shows. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. But I want to yes. talk about a show that you created, uh, co-created with David Nels. Yeah. And that's, let's talk about The Legend of Ruth Brown. Um, yeah. Which you just uh, wrapped up not too long ago. All my baby wants to do is the mambo. All my baby wants to do it's the mambo. Morning, noon, nighttime, too. It's the mambo. Down at the Denver Center, it's Miss Rhythm based on the very real life and music of Ruth Brown. Now, I didn't know anything about Ruth before I went to the show, but by the end, I was inspired. I was entertained. Most of all, I was tapping my toes and clapping my hands. It was conceived and written locally. It's got the feel of an intimate jazz club, and Cheryl McCallum in the lead will knock your socks off. Folks, run, don't walk to check it out. I'm giving Miss Rhythm a perfect five out of five parentes. It was such a great show. Awesome. An icon of the old rhythm and blues. Let's, let's talk about that show. You workshopped it first and then you put up a full production uh, a little bit later on this past, this past fall, uh, 2023. Right. But let's talk about the genesis of it. Oh my goodness. David Nails and I first met in New York. Uh, he wrote a show, Great American Trailer Park musical yes and yes. he was doing um readings of it so this was very early and so he had auditions and i auditioned and got uh was reading for the role of linoleum uh is is her name and so i read and i did a couple of his workshops and then he mounted the production uh very successfully it ran in new york off broadway for quite a while and then you know like most Things you don't see each other for a while. And so when I moved back to Denver, I was auditioning for Denver Center and I walk in and he's at the piano. So I'm like, wait, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And he said the same thing to me. I was visiting at the time. And he said, well, he's he told me he had moved here at that time eight years ago. And so then just being in Denver, uh, David and I, we would, you know, kind of cross paths. Then when he found out I was living here, he was writing a show for Arvada Center. So he asked me to come and read for that. And so I did. And that's how we started connecting again. Uh, 
moving ahead, we did a show at Cherry Creek Theater uh, called My Way. And he asked me, did I know who Ruth Brown was? And I'm like, yes, of course I know Ruth Brown, because from Black and Blue um, Mm -hmm. in New York Mm -hmm. and in the original movie Hairspray. I'm like, yes, of course. Uh, So he had written a script. He'd written a play, a musical about her and one of her performances that he saw at Le Jazzo Bar in New York. And it was a woman portraying her sort of in the vein of like the Lady Day. Yes, yes. Where you portray her in one of her concerts and then just talk about her life. And it was, I I still love that script. Yes. But I said, David, I don't know if I want to portray her. I'm very, for me, I'm kind of particular. If you portray somebody, you, A, I want you to look like them, sound like them, sing like them, all of that. And I think that's what she deserves. I said, can we kind of take this and if we can still tell her story, but I can, can I put it in my voice? You know, so he said, yeah, let's, let's try to put that together. So we still tell her story. We introduce all her, all her songs from the Atlantic period, all of that, just go through her history. And so we worked on it actually through the pandemic Mm. Uh, is Mm. when we first started working on it. And at the same time, Miner's Alley approached us about doing a cabaret because they wanted to keep their audiences engaged and had this theme called a quarantine cabaret where they would live stream. So we put this together enough to do a live stream. Even then, it was just David on piano, me reading out of what I called the Book of Ruth. And that's what I called it. It was, you know, I had my little music stand in front of me, the Book of Ruth. (laughs) And so we still wanted to develop it more. And this is when Alicia Bruce at uh, the Galleria, she saw it and she said she liked it as it was. She says, but I think uh, let's see what happens if we try to develop it more. And so we we did. We wrote more into it, put a few more songs in. And in the summer, they were having concerts in their atrium area. So they said, Cheryl, if you can give us a concert, not of just Ruth, but then insert that into the concert. Right. So did that. And it again, people started, oh, I don't know Ruth Brown. Let's talk about her some more. So it started to get more buzz. Gotcha. And so then that's when they we did a two week. She said, let's see what we can do with a two week workshop of it. So David and I worked on it some more. And then the Galleria, we had two weekends it, that got amazing response. And that's when she said, yes, let's let's see if we can get this in here for next fall. So we we started shopping directors and we got Kenny Moten, who came in nice. and Yeah, just wonderful and just lifted because David and I, you know, you could take things so far and then it's like, well, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) And Kenny came in and just, I mean, flushed it out. And that's when, you know, it was already decided that we would do the production. But how? Mm -hmm. So it was just one of those wonderful things that, you know, the the Galleria took interest in and provided for us with local artists here to be able to create something and bring it into a full production. And so we said they, you know, they took a chance on us because normally those shows, they're book shows, they're right, you right. Know, proven shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for them to take 
this wonderful chance on these, you know, local artists and this show that really has not been done anywhere. So it was something that they felt strongly about and, and that we worked on very hard. It was such a wonderful moment for us and turned out to be a wonderful success on their end and our end as well. Perfect. So we're, it's something that we're so proud of. And um, when her family came, her son came and her nephew came and they were just blown away. Yeah. Yes. They said, you did mama proud. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yes. What's next for you, Cheryl? Oh my gosh. This is something else. I'm directing. You're directing now. There you go. Yes. Uh, Actually, last year I directed Aquila and the Bee, this play at University of Northern Colorado. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, they just, someone just asked and I said, well, I don't know, but yes. (laughs) Uh, so <laughs> I don't know, but yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. And again, it's something that, you know, I, a direction I never thought about, mm-hmm. but expand, grow, learn. We Absolutely. never stop learning. Never stop learning. And so that's what's next for me. So we start, I've been doing the preliminary meetings and things, and we start in earnest in uh, January. Nice. And then, uh, we're looking to continue with uh, Miss Rhythm. There's some things that we're trying to keep in the works and some theaters that are interested. So you haven't heard the last of that one. Yeah. It's been a beautiful ride yeah. and just things, you know, keep yourself open to the unexpected. Yeah, um, I love that. And yeah, so that's kind of what happened to me. This, uh, <laughs> it's kind of been your, it's kind of been your life story, hasn't it? <laughs> Keep yourself open for the unexpected, and uh, you know, yes. you never know what when that door opens that you step right on in and um, take advantage of it. So absolutely, absolutely. I know I'm long-winded, Don. I can okay. just talk. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing with us your part of your journey. And the journey continues on. And thank you for this. I mean, the opportunity and even asking me, I just, I just appreciate so much that I'm considered someone that gets something done. Um, But again, it just comes from all these wonderful years of observing these wonderful people that, that I've had the opportunity to see and learn and grow from. I love it. I love it. We want to wrap this up, and it's been such a joy to speak with you, Cheryl Renee McCallum. Thank you for sharing with us your part of your journey, and the journey continues on. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks right. again for having me, and it's been an absolute joy. All right. Be well. All right. You too. It's been big fun speaking with Cheryl McCallum, catching up on all her doings around the scene, music scene, theater scene, and so on and so forth. Again, thank you so much, Cheryl. I appreciate you. Now, keep up with Destination Freedom Black Radio Days, The Eclectic. We'll be bringing more interviews, podcasts, audio dramas, and so on and so forth. Destination Freedom Black Radio Days, The Eclectic, the podcast. Make sure you support our sponsors as well. I'm Donnie Betts, your host and producer and director. Remix by Reese. Here we go, Reese.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.